Lewis. Well, welcome. Whoa! Oh, oh, you didn't do it. You didn't do an impression. I'm deeply saddened. I know, I know, but I had to. I had to welcome you back. Um, yes. Well, that is very important. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> we've we've been on a wee break. We did some storytelling into mm-hmm. the void, and mm. uh, I didn't welcome you back on Friday because it, um, it was five a.m. and we had to just get that shit episode out of the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, that... we respect the content we make. Don't you worry. I meant of Doctor Who. I thought our, I thought we were fantastic as always. Yeah. But um... yeah, I mean, we are a revelation. Yeah, we're f- are the the ability of us to do these amazing things. Mm. Yeah, we're flawless as that car drives by, um, corrupting the audio. Um... <laughs> You're all right. We're doing this next to my boiler. <laughs> if, if, if in about an hour when Chloe wakes up. Like, there's a fighting chance my boiler will just go, and she jumps in the shower. So, you know, that's exciting. <laughs> um, But while Lewis and I were away, uh, Lewis was tasked with a behemoth of a of a task. Mm. Uh, I phrased that I wrong. Um, I mean, I, that was close enough. Eh. So we've been, we've been, Lewis has been preparing for this for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I really like Game of Thrones. Well, oh, I, have... I bet you fucking do, don't you? <laughs> and Lewis, I believe, uh, has has a few issues with it. Right, okay. J- right, we- we're going to get this out of the way at the top of the episode so that people who think I'm a disgusting cretin can stop listening. Okay. Okay, there are eight seasons of Game of Thrones. There are, what, ten episodes per season and each episode is an hour and a bit long? Yeah. Um, I watched 30 hours of Game of Thrones, the first three seasons, and I thought, good fucking God, I have hated every second. This is atrocious. I'm refusing to watch the following seasons. I know what happens because I watched YouTube videos to catch me up. Um, just so that if Danny says, oh, but what about that time when Jon Snow rode a dragon about? Woo-hey. Then I can be like, oh, yeah, woo-hey. Um <laughs> But aside right. from that, I have assorted dramatic problems with this Um so if you think I'm a disgusting person for making a podcast without fully watching the show, that is completely acceptable. Um, feel free to, to to kick off in the comments and be like, oh, Lewis, you big stinky face. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, okay. Fair enough. Lewis has got that disclaimer out of the way. But before yes. we even can talk about Game of Thrones, we have to do our age-old tradition, and it's to talk about some bullshit. So, yes, um, naturally. I'll spin the wheel, shall yeah. I? Yeah, do it. Um, Lil Nas. Lil, Lil Nas. I yeah. am vaguely aware of Lil Nas from funny tweets that he makes. He, yeah. did, he, he did Old Town Road? He he did, I believe. Okay, okay. Um, why is old old Why is old Nas part of our discussion today? Um, well, big Nas is part of our discussion oh, right. <laughs> because um, I I I saw uh his 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 music video, um, mm-hmm. "Call Me by Your Name," I think it's called. Okay. And um, I really like it. It's uh, it's it's pretty catchy. Um. It has some nuanced things to say about him and his sexuality and how he sort of relates to that. Nice. And uh, actually, it's pr- it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good song, and it pisses cool. off a lot of fucking conservative boomers on TikTok. Oh, so fantastic! You know. Um, yeah, I have not listened to the song. It sounds like the kind of thing I'd enjoy. I, I, if I'm at all familiar with Lil Nas's work, um, 
I'm sure yeah. I would enjoy it. A nuanced take on his, his sexuality sounds interesting. Um, wh- yeah, why it... is it annoying people? Oh, because um, he uh, he um, did he, 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 did... he gives I think Satan I might be aware. he gives Satan a lap dance in it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and apparently that's sexy. <laughs> very much so. Very much yeah, so. Um, I was okay. I was I was aroused. Um, <laughs> Thanks for letting me know, Dad. That is just what I wanted to know. Thanks. But, but um, no, I think yeah. So people are getting pissed off as they as they always do, and that's mm. that's fun to see. But yeah, he he just seems like a really chilled out guy, and I just I just thought I'd give him some appreciation. And the in yeah, this. cool man. Yeah. What about you? What did you get up to in your in your um, your break? Oh, a whole bunch of fucking nothing. I um I did a load of gardening. There was like trees and crap that were in the way. I removed mm. them. Um, yeah, you know how it's we we keep returning to this theme of the previous owner of my of my house. Um, weren't very good at maintaining a house. Um, lots of things like um the wall kind of exploded. Um, but it was actually just a pipe that was easy and cheap to fix, so that was good. Yeah. Um, I have a new tap in my oh. kitchen, which is exceedingly dull but i'm thrilled by it um could, and, and lots of other very dull things happened which is nice i mean you can now like contribute to the, the life you live by listening to little naz's song so yes that, i can do could, it's like you know in sherlock when like uh, mrs hudson Grace is cleaning ever, yes <laughs> when she when she's cleaning but she has like um like hail satan 666 on while she's li- <laughs> she's doing <laughs> you could do it like yeah. that yeah, yeah make some nice. pasta yeah. with little nas playing oh lovely yeah yeah oh, that's good we, i bought a lot of pasta yesterday because we eat a lot of pasta oh, man i love pasta pasta is great isn't it i do i do like pasta to be fair right here's a hot take if i only had to eat one food every day for the rest of my life it would be some variation on the form of pasta if I had to just eat, like, dried pasta, it would be quite boring. But, like, then if it was, like, oh, dried pasta and maybe some tortellini every now and then. I was, like, oh, some pasta. Today I'm having spaghetti bolognese. Tomorrow it's carbonara. The day after it's penne alla riabatta. The day after it's this. The day after it's that. Man, I fucking love pasta. <laughs> What's your favourite type I love of pasta? pasta? Fafale. I think they're the best. Little bow ties. Oh, nice. I think they, they pick up a good amount of sauce in, and they're like good for a smooth sauce or a chunky sauce. Yeah. Or even like if you've got big old chunks of sausage or, or, or something in there, you can scoop up some farfales and some sausage at the same time. Love a good farfale. What about you? Uh, it's got to be penne. I'm pretty basic like that. It's kind of the classic though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. um, and it's good for, I find, good for if you're having like a bowl of tomatoey pasta and oh, yeah. some cheese on top. Oh. Then I think the penne sort of holds melted cheese very well which is quite nice mm. i'm drinking tea um yeah i agree <laughs> i really like penny mm. no um, um, that's that's spoiler alert for an upcoming nugget of bullshit that might have something to do with pasta Ooh. if you're not cooking something <laughs> i okay. will kill you <laughs> if you're not if you're not using the nugget of bullshit as an opportunity to teach all two of our listeners, um, how to make a <laughs> yep. decent pasta meal, then what are you doing with yourself? Well, uh, precisely, yeah. I might as well just smash my head into my boiler, which is right next to me. <laughs> um, that's clearly the logical option. Yep. Yep. End for views. Uh, End for views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I can I do a thumbnail, which says, um, I smashed my thumb 
I, I smashed. Sorry, I smashed my face into my boiler. What? Real? Not a prank. And then I can have like my face all bloodied up with ketchup or something. Yeah. Put that in the thumbnail, and then I'll get a million views. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And we also talk about Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> just as a wee side form. Um, but yeah. Um, um, that is, uh, uh, yeah, that's the ma- the majority of what I've been doing. I've been, I've been, I tell you what, I've been doing two boring things, and you're going to hear about both of them now. So prepare your ass. Um, <laughs> thing one is, I have learned how to crochet, which is again, kind of dull, kind of interesting. I quite enjoy it. Um, yeah. it's yeah, I've made half a small bag, as I said on the other podcast. Um. <laughs> The other thing is, I've been walking around to a lot of places. Um, Chloe got some walking boots for work, and Ooh. as a result, we're now doing walking and stuff. We've got this thing, uh, Race at Your Pace, um, where you like sign up for a set amount of miles per month, and then you do it, and then you get a little medal and a little certificate. Um, so that's exciting. Um, that's pretty I'll, cool. Before you know it, I will be ripped, because um, <laughs> I'll be so intensely uh, healthy and uh, fit. Yep. Papa. You'll be like, God, Lewis, your thighs are so perfectly defined. Yep. And it's just incredible to me. And I'll be like, don't worry about it, Danny. And then I'll do a standing jump where I jump 30 feet in the air. Yep. You're going yep. to re-bra- you're gonna have to rebrand as Papa Brinders. That's what you're going to have to call yourself from now on. <laughs> Why? Why but, would I rebrand as Papa Brinders? <laughs> because it's it's a, it's a, an incredibly um, in-your-face masculine name that... <laughs> mm. That can that only befits someone as ripped as you will become, Lewis. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm Papa Brinders. Fuck you. <laughs> Open all my YouTube videos as Papa Brinders by saying, "Shut up, you big fuck." <laughs> I'm here to talk about my incredibly defined thighs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think PC principal from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I have to swear off, like, um, baking and cooking and anything that might be considered remotely feminine and um, then take up a lot of uh, sort of on-the-surface, very masculine hobbies. Yeah, yeah. ideal. Or or do like, incredibly sort of stereotypical feminine things, mm. but just like, be very sort of masculinely aggressive about it. <laughs> right. I'm baking cakes. And what, you fucker? Like, just like that. that that's... Mm utilitarianly that's probably going to do more good than yeah it, it probably will do more good yeah. yeah i think i think i should say it's the official standpoint of shouting into the void stuff is just stuff it doesn't matter what like if, if yeah. you think it's masculine or feminine stuff is just stuff just do stuff man who cares true true masculine and feminine it's just something that we fucking made up to yeah control exactly. people's behavior so just do what you want guys yeah, do what you want gals anyone just do it do yeah. it makes you happy do what makes you happy. And if you can at all schedule it into your packed schedule of doing what makes you happy, try and see if you can spot a black cat lying in the sun uh, because their fur goes kind of brown and it's just a just a pleasant experience for everybody involved. Um, I think you said so there that, we go. You said that before the break, didn't you? I did say that before the break and I'm saying it again now. It's, it's a very important thing. It deserves saying twice. Quite right. Quite right. <laughs> well, I believe we have a lot to talk about. So yeah, we do. Let's get let's get to it. I think we should dive straight in. Um, so we are talking about uh, the oh, TV show. Gone cold. Fucking hell. 
what just now because of the White Walkers were hey um, oh yeah fucking <laughs> 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 we're talking we're talking about uh, Game of Thrones and it was uh, created by uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss based on the book series by George R R Martin and it's starring I think you mean the book series by Sam in the show canonically <laughs> yeah true <laughs> um, come on Danny <laughs> okay Wait, uh, starring P- Peter Dinklage. Woo! Nick, Nick, yeah, I do. I like love Peter, Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. He's so he's such a good actor, man. He certainly is. Um, uh, Nikolai Kostervall, do uh, Lena Headey, Kit Harrington, Amelia Clark, Sophie Turner, Maisie Williams, and a fuck ton of others that I'm not fucking mentioning. Watch the credits. Um, I, I feel like I should quickly say I do think the others are good actors as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Peter Dinklage, and I think yeah, Peter Dinklage is good. Everybody else is garbage. Everyone's oh. shit. Um, yeah. Um, have you got an opening statement, Cocker? I do. <laughs> Hit it. Okay. What started out is an intelligent and faithful adaptation of George R. R. Martin's series ended up being the biggest disappointment in television history. There are numerous problems with this show, and I've tried to list them... Wait, I need to turn the page. Um, as I see them, and I would like to personally thank my good friend Lewis for enduring all eight seasons. Scratch that. <laughs> all three seasons in the time yep, we yep. had. He is a good egg. <laughs> I, I, I do my best to be a mediocre egg. That's me. Uh, yep, that's me. Okay, excellent. Um, this is not a good show. Characters aren't established properly and twists are performative and predictable. Why am I supposed to give a fuck about any of these people? Who knows? The sex, violence and twists quickly lose their punch. Extremely quickly. At first, it was a shock to see Amelia Clark with Jason Momoa. After a while, the introduce sex-slash-violence, moral corruption, death cycle becomes painfully obvious. Finally, the show tries to make powerful points about moral choices. It fails because all of the characters are morally grey and self-serving. A moral tale needs a shining example as much as a dark one like Joffrey. Think Valjean and Javert rather than Roger Smith and Roger Smith and Roger Smith and Roger Smith ad infinitum. This is not a good show, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I I, I, I see people utterly adoring of this show. Maybe it's just a personal taste thing. I, I, I honestly Maybe. don't know. Um, and, and that is the end of my opening statement. Fair enough. Um, we'll get into all that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'll say, I'll say a couple of things that I like about okay. the show to start us I'll off. I'll tell you what, right, to, to make it easier for us both, why don't we break it up a bit? So we've got stuff you like, we can do first, and we can do stuff you don't like a bit later. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, I really like um, basically most of season one to four. Um, oh, okay. So things set themselves up quite nicely. You're introduced mm-hmm. to this very brutal medieval setting with, I think, some very interesting characters throughout the mix. Um uh, and it's there's a new king after a dynasty of 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 incest loving Targaryen uh, people, and mm-hmm. uh, you know things are getting a bit complacent, a bit placid, and you know war is sort of brewing, and um, it's just about people who um, are courting the 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 war and people who just want to try and 
survive it. Uh, and meanwhile, there's this huge existential threat to the north that's going to destroy everyone. A very, you know, sort of heavy-handed metaphor for like, climate change, which I quite like. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite get that metaphor. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I understand what you mean. It does set things up well. Um, I think... Um, I really like some of uh, some of the performances in this show. I think Gwendolyn Christie is extremely good. I think uh, Peter Dinklage is extremely good. I think a lot of the other actors are sort of passably good. I, I think <clears throat> but those two are the sort of standout, really, really, really good ones for me. Uh, Peter Dinklage, Gwendolyn Christie, Charles Dance, very good again. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, well, I like the sort of the fact that characters have to endure the consequences of their actions. Yeah, that in is this good. show, they're not afraid mm. to kill people for making stupid mistakes. Like Ned Stark, uh, you know, a very good character who's concerned with honor and probably one of the most morally integral integral characters of the show mm. ends up getting killed for that exact yeah. reason. Like that's that's probably pretty accurate for a very sort of brutal medieval sort of standard um which mm, mm. it sets the tone immediately that there are you know the the world in this show is very corrupt and very sort of power centric and those who dare to try and be honorable and have a moral code end up mm. getting fucked over and or tested to the point where they nearly give up you know that's um I think that's really interesting. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, one thing I particularly like about the show, I don't, I don't know if it. I mean, I don't absorb a lot of fantasy material in general, so I don't know if it's something to do with this show or something that is a subgenre of fantasy. But I like that it's kind of just humans, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, um, there is, I, I do adore like the Dungeons and Dragons style of oh, there's orcs and drow and, and all the elves and all these different types of people um but on the same level it is quite nice to be in a situation where it's like oh it's kind of just like a load of blokes <laughs> just it, they're kind of yeah. just a load of guys running around like i kind of do quite like that in a funny way um so that's nice yeah i, I like that it's um it's what am i what am i trying to say it's it's the star trek thing of like well, every Klingon is perpetually furious. Every Romulan is perpetually crafty. Every etc. 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 I would quite like that in this show. It's well, every human is perpetually changeable, and that's yeah. sort of it's something you see with um, what's his face. Um, uh, he's oh fuck, uh, gets his hand chopped off. Um, oh, Jamie. He, uh, Jamie, yeah, that's him. Um, like he's inherently changeable, and he changes throughout the show, um, and that's nice to see it rather than always oh, just reliably the same character 24 7 you know what i mean i, I quite I, yeah. that's something good rather than oh no this guy is just an orc therefore he will be perpetually angry yeah and it will not be explained thank you yeah. and good night <laughs> yeah no i get you um mm. i really like the world building there's inherent sort of culture and history that's like you you recognize before you're like, even told anything like there's mm. the house banners and sort of house colours and stuff like that. There's like its own religion. It has like it's very sort of it, the world building is is very good. You know, you're told 
about the history and like conversation and all that. So it's like you're really sort of encouraged to immerse yourself in the world so that you can better sort of empathise with the characters that you're watching. So I really like that. Um, yeah. But for me, sadly, that's not um, to the credit of the creators of the show, but just stuff that they managed to get right from the books. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all the good things that I'm going to say because I feel as if we have a lot to discuss. Yeah, um, I have one more quick good thing. Um, Maisie Williams is really good. Um, child actors can can sometimes make or break a show. Yeah. Um, and obviously they sort of picked up a whole host of child actors at the start of the show. Um, and I think Maisie Williams is, is the sort of shining example of, of the roster of them. She's really good. Very much so. Um, yeah. Um, and that's the end of my good things. I have a list of bad things. Um, okay. Who's going first? You you go first. Okay. Um, why, in the name of God, would you open the show with the most intriguing, sort of, uh, encapturing thing, the White Walkers, and then not talk about them for fucking ages? Why? Why would you open? It's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. From a standpoint of both someone who's producing a show and someone who's watching a show why would you make the first scene of the show oh these blokes have been killed by zombie ice zombies oh that's weird and then just don't address that for fucking ages that makes no sense to me at all i don't like it and it makes me angry um i would argue that because while they are a huge threat it's like we need to establish the sort of political situations that other characters are embroiled in and how it's going to be very difficult for a lot of characters to, you know, give up their petty political squabbles to deal with a threat that that will yeah, destroy everyone. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, that's that's another thing that annoys me is the political squabbles <laughs> because <laughs> almost all of them. Right, I like a good political thriller. This this is this is no secret. It's um, I don't know if you've actually watched The Politician on Netflix yet, Dan. I haven't, I haven't got around to it, but I will. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> no, it's it's that's an, a shining example of an incredibly good political thriller. The dialogue is snappy, the characters are engaging, mm. and there's twists and turns that you genuinely don't see coming. Right. This is not a good example of a political thriller. This show, it's the 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 twists and turns. Either you see them coming, or they're dull and pointless. Like I I I just. It's it's like what I said in my opening statement. After a while, I've been like, "Whoa, that's that's changed a lot of things, and something has changed slightly." Oh well, I suddenly don't care because it's happened twenty times, and everything is essentially the same. Like if if that was the thing that really frustrated me about the show was the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. Oh, all these people have died. All these people have gone to war. All these people have done things. Oh, but still, there is always perpetually. It's just a different army approaching from some distant place that I v- vaguely remember from several seasons ago. I just, I just don't care because I, I know that no matter what the twist is going to be, it'll just revert back to that base state. So I just don't care what the twist is. Do you mm. see what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I have to I, I have to disagree. When I first watched this show, I was incredibly surprised at like, how how willing they were to let just do entire factions in. Um, mm. Like you, you mentioned, uh, uh, Richard Madden dying. Yeah. 
like it's at the end it's at the end of season three okay um, and basically things are looking a bit up for his faction mm. and then his entire faction is just wiped out along with him and his wife and his mum just all of them are killed uh okay so you know arguably some of the main characters in the show are just completely just killed immediately and yeah okay but does it really change anything because it, it does yeah but even if even if you wipe out rob stark and all of his minions and and all the people that talk with beautiful northern accents which i have to say it's bizarrely comforting to be watching a show where the characters all have northern accents do you know what i mean yeah I, i'm breaking breaking away from my my tirade for a second i i kind of do enjoy watching the show and being like oh they all talk like they're from yorkshire it's fantastic yeah um but yeah it in the broad scheme of the narrative i can't help that it doesn't I can't help but feel that it just doesn't really change that much like oh. yeah okay rob stark's died and he's not king of the north anymore but then the North is still there, and other people will want to control it. So, does it really matter who is controlling it? Oh yeah, who? Well, who do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the the Boltons are looking much worse than the Starks for the people of the North. Like they flay people alive, and like the Starks have lit been in charge of the North for like a thousand years, and they know how best to let. I'm not saying they're perfect and all that, but like they they've mm. they've got incredibly sort of strong ties to the area and like to the point where in the books there's like a conspiracy to like get rid of uh the boltons and usurp them and put like a stark back in in winterfell so like there's like incredible like, loyalty there and it just seems like the starks are better for the north and okay like that's what you know that's what, what john snow eventually does he eventually removes uh ramsay from from Winterfell, who is like one of the worst people, whatever. Like he's just a horrible, vicious beast. Um, so I think it, like, if if you if you if you engage in the sort of world, it's like, yeah, these people are really bad for like just the ordinary sort of you know peasant that that lives there. It's like it's gonna be. Yeah. You would rather have Jon Snow as leader than like someone like fucking Joffrey. I mean, it's like you know. No, I mean, I do, I, don't get me wrong, I do understand that, like, having a, 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 a deliberately cruel king like Joffrey, or a deliberately cruel ruler like the Boltons, I do understand that that would be inherently bad for the people of the world, but because I don't spend enough time with the people of the world, I can't bring myself to give a shit, because it's... The thing that I find interesting, this is taking a bit of a departure, but, but stick with me, hold my hand and, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, the thing that I find inherently interesting about real-life royal families and dynasties and stuff is that the the reason they have power is that it's from time immemorial. The only reason the Queen is the Queen is because in 1066 somebody did something, right? Yeah, so, true. So that's the reason I find it interesting. But the only reason that Jon Snow, I'm supposed to give a shit about him, is because in 2012 somebody did something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I I understand this is a very shallow way to look at it, but... I, I just don't care. Nobody has... I feel like I'm told a lot about why I'm supposed to care about these characters, but then I'm never shown why I'm supposed to care about these characters. The reason I care about characters like um like Gwendolyn Christie, um, the reason I like her character is because I sort of... 
I see her inner turmoil and I sort of figure out her inner struggle and I sort of learn about her inner struggle as she develops as a character rather than just, oh, this is Gwendolyn Christie. She is a, um, a no-nonsense woman who's who's sick of dealing with um, misogynistic uh, attitudes of the time and, uh, and then I'm this enormous info dump. Do you know what I mean? That was one of my great problems with um, when Natalie Dormer rocked up. And mm. I was just told everything about her straight away. It's like, oh, all right. Well, I would rather have seen seen her put into a difficult situation, seen how she deals with that, and then use that information to build in build knowledge about her character. Yeah, I think that's another of my great problems with the show is the character building is bizarrely flawed. I'm told a lot about these people, rather than shown anything about these people. Like, um, I I just. The thing that the thing that frustrates me about it is that the characters that I am shown a lot about, it's an engaging, exciting story. As Arya does more and more stuff, I'm like engaged and excited, and I want to know what she does next yeah. because I've seen her go from small street urchin level child to this like master assassin. Do you know what I mean? That's an interesting tale. Yeah. But on the same level, there are other characters like Theon where I just don't care. He opened the story as just a bloke, and then he was tortured for a bit, and then he was just another bloke. I, I just don't care. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Maybe I'm just being cynical about the world in which this is set, but it's the same problem I had with Star Wars. Why should I care about the Skywalkers? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's either care or you, or you don't. Um, mm. I guess, I just I just think these... A lot of the characters in the show are just like, fascinating. Like J- Jamie, Jamie, for example. You know, here mm-hmm. you have a, a sort of a, a knight who served a horrible king, and was told to um, kill uh, innocents and kill your dad, um, and he's conflicted with obeying your your king, as well as like just like, protecting the innocent. And he decided to, no, I'm going to kill you and so that the new regime can come in. And then he's hated for it. He's hated, he's branded as a kingslayer, a man without honour sort of thing. When he, mm. he genuinely saved King's Landing from being burnt to the ground. And because he's hated okay. so much, he becomes a selfish, vain cunt. And slowly, as he he loses his hand, that's the the one thing that he can define himself by, mm. his fighting, and he loses that, and then he begins to sort of like soften and like realize, you know, being a good person is probably like more rewarding, um, and then the writers of the show just completely backfire on that and just say, no, fuck it, yeah, let's just go back to the way he was. So they fucked it. Like right mm, at the end, mm. he was like so close to just like being a good person, and it w- it looked as if he was gonna have to save King's Landing from Cersei, who, mm, who's like mm. his sister and his lover, and it's like he's gonna be made to face that choice again. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is it's an interesting sort of arc, and I hope it's resolved better in the books. But they just completely one eighted him at the last minute. Mm, but um, mm. no, yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, it's um, I I was invested in in Jamie's arc sort of, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm just impatient. He's he seemed morally grey. 
from start to finish for me. I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just impatient or this is um less of a problem with the narrative of the show, more of a problem with the writing of the show, I suppose. Um do you think the dialogue is like good? Um I thought the first four seasons were all right. I thought there was some good dialogue in that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. Um oh. <laughs> uh, in case you couldn't tell from my noise of derision. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just felt like I could predict everything they were about to say based on what I knew about the characters and the way that everybody else was speaking. I felt like I could guess what the lines were going to be. Yeah. I think the thing that makes good dialogue for me is, well, two things, punchiness and unpredictability. And I felt like the dialogue in this show had neither of those things. Mm. Um, Maybe this is, again, me holding this to a bizarrely high standard, but it's almost cult-like how people worship this show. So I thought, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Then I started watching it, and I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, I, yeah. The dialogue in particular was something that sort of grated on me early on. I thought, um, yeah, it just wasn't, just, just wasn't good. Um, I just didn't like it very much. Damn. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, and I, I hated the show from season five onwards because right. it it was so <laughs> it was so clear that they just ran out of stuff to adapt, and okay. were just making really stupid decisions. Like Tyrion was suddenly fucking stupid, and mm. was just making really dumb decisions for the sake of it. Um, mm. But he did grow a beard, so he that's did important grow a beard. to bear in mind. <laughs> yeah, um, the thing with Tyrion. That, that a lot of people are annoyed about. In the books, Tyrion, he, he tells a story in season one in the show and the books about this mm. um woman that he falls in love with. Yeah. Uh, Taisha, her name was, and she, um, she was, um, uh, it turned out that she was a prostitute that was hired by mm. Jamie to sort of fall in love so that they could just eventually get married. Mm. And then she was like, you know, it's a very horrible story that his dad did to him. But in the books, it's revealed Mm. when Jamie releases Tyrion that she wasn't a prostitute and that she did actually love him. Okay. And that sends Tyrion into a downward spiral where he becomes a very horrible character who... um, Mm who's entirely fueled by getting revenge on his family and like, he hate he hates Jamie as he leaves he hates like, the one person that he that he loves and just becomes this horrible person who goes across and wants to influence Daenerys in order to go back to Westeros and kill everyone like, he's just mm, a very mm. broken bitter individual but the show for some reason completely omitted that so Tyrion has no arc from mm. season five onwards, he has nowhere to go, for for and just and just just sort of hangs about with Daenerys and just makes some stupid decisions. It's like, can you mm. imagine how good it would have been if it was Varys and Tyrion against each other, trying to influence Daenerys to let let Tyrion's trying to fuel mm. her mm. aggressive side, Varys is yeah. trying to temper her. Let, let that a battle of wits between that that could have been so interesting yeah see that's how you do a political thriller yeah <laughs> is is by having characters that are sort of self-serving influence a powerful figure yeah yeah like um and oh, 
Daenerys as well. Jesus Christ. Her fucking 180 to weird evil tyrant at the end. Like, what the yeah, fuck that was, was that about? Yeah, I she, did... I. I kind of enjoyed the um, Daenerys goes a bit mad with power arc, um, or at least the, what little I saw of it. But then I was like, okay, it's kind of, it kind of makes sense because she's desperate and it's like, um, she's sort of, when she um, she uh, gets the hordes of soldiers in return for one of her dragons. Um, and I was thinking, okay, it's kind of makes sense that the dragon wouldn't want to leave her. So it kind of kills that guy and it kind of makes sense, I guess. And she's desperate, so it makes sense she wouldn't stop it. I guess, uh, but it was, I don't know, it's, I, I think I kind of have a problem with how women are represented in this show, yeah. I'm not really sure, I, um, I've got written down here, uh, women are valued poorly and strangely in this world, entirely by their birth status and how much sex they've had, this is made weirder by the utter meritocracy of the male leads, um, yeah, the one saving grace is Khaleesi's almost feminist story about garnering power for herself. Still, her power comes from her birth status and from her husband's influence. It's just a... It's a women are valued very strangely in this world, and I, 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 I don't quite know how to yeah. describe it, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I do have to give it some, you know, slack, because it's a medieval world, and, you know, like, medieval worlds are like entirely based on like their entire business was like marrying women off against their will to sort of you know different families to sort of preserve patriarchal power and all that so i understand yeah, why women are but viewed. there are there are also other characters with with more modern moral codes yeah like, definitely um, so I, I feel like you can't have it both ways no you can't you know? like cersei for example Mm. Is a good and she's a sort of um, female misogynist. Like mm, she mm. hates other women. Like and she like in the books, it's like described in great detail how she like wishes that she was like a man, mm. and like just she's incredibly hateful to like other women. That like, like that's that's interesting. Like someone mm. who's like born into a sort of wealthy family. And is like refused p- the power that that her male counterparts have, and just ends up hating the very gender that she is. Like that's, I think that's mm, an interesting mm. sort of arc. But mm. the show itself, like Sansa, so it seems mm-hmm. it seems to me that what the writers think are good character arcs for women are just for women to become soulless fucking. You know, conniving, horrible people. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's yeah. Oh, girl power. No, that's <laughs> just yeah, because, it's just horrible, cold, calculating pieces mm. of shit. Like that's not girl girl power. Uh, Macy Williams is now a murderer. That's yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's Macy Williams's arc. Um, okay. Yeah, like Daenerys, like just basically genocides a city at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Like and and like you know, it's it comes out of nowhere. It's mm. like she she literally stays in a a foreign part of the world to like try and mm. make a difference and try and end like slavery, and then like a couple of seasons later she just goes nah fuck it and just destroy. Like, like, there was hours upon hours of like you know people were getting sick of it. People are like, oh, just fucking leave and just go. It's like no she's a no she's an interesting character with like, a moral sort of core. That mm. won't leave these people to be exploited by slavers. Like, that's interesting, and that's that's a, a sort of fleshed out character. But then, 
for some reason the writers just decided to one eighty it and go, nah, she's she's an evil tyrant now and she has to be killed by Jon Snow. Like, what a shit ending. Mm, mm. Um The White yeah, Walkers um, as well, just fucking wasted. <laughs> like just yeah, building yeah. them up for fucking seasons and the long night coming again. Oh lasted one fucking episode and that was it. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this fucking show. Mm-hmm. Um, bit that. Would you like to know about a bit that made me very angry? Yeah, go on. Uh, it was in season one, I believe. Um, and I was thinking, why should I care about any of these characters? Uh, neither of them. Are, n- none of them are sort of very developed. None of them are developing. Uh, why should I care about anything that happens to any of them? And um, the the oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, is it Basil Rathbone? Is that his name? Um, he plays uh, the first Doctor in that documentary about William Hartnell. He plays Argus Filch in Harry Potter. Um, oh yeah, is what's his name? Um, oh fuck, I know who you I mean. No, I'm gonna have to Google it because it'll piss me off otherwise. Um, no, Basil Rathbone was that Doctor, the, the Sherlock Holmes actor. Um, was he in season one? I, I have no idea. David Bradley. That's the David name of the, Bradley. That's the name yeah. Of the guy. Um, it might have been season two. I might have got confused. I but he, he says, he says to um, Catelyn Stark, which Jesus Christ, it's like in all the subtitles. Whenever they said Catelyn, and it, I saw how it was spelled, and I thought, I mean, you know, it's Caitlin. But you know, <laughs> um, they, he says to Catelyn Stark, Lannisters, Starks. Why should I care about any of you? And she sort of looks at him, and I thought, fantastic. She's about to say something that will get me energised and engaged about all the different power struggles in this show. Smash cut to Daenerys fucking somewhere else. Who cares? And I was just like, what the fuck was that? I was about to learn why I should care about any of these people. And then it's a smash cut to something else entirely. Then we come back and we discover, oh no, Rob Stark has been married to one of David Bradley's daughters or something um, in order to secure a, a land route. Okay, so that explains why David Bradley should care, because he now has a vested interest in, in Rob Stark. But that doesn't explain why I should care. Oh, that really annoyed me, because it's such a wasted opportunity. Yes, you can sort of marry him off, but making a point about how this one guy should only care because he now has a personal interest just makes me think, well, I don't have a personal interest. Why, yeah. sh- why should I sit here and watch? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I just think... There's some really interesting characters, and I just want to see how they do in this horrible world that they inhabit. Like, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like John Snow, for instance, like a a a boy who was born a bastard, which is like an incredibly bad status mm. for like, for like noble born people, um, mm. hated by his adoptive mother, never known who his mother is, um. And you know, com- treated completely differently, and he feels the only recourse is to just join a group of celibate um watchers on the wall because that's the only sort of purpose he has. Mm. And he realizes that he has a talent for leading. Um, he's an honourable person. He's he breaks immense cultural sort of norms by bringing uh, a group of people that are deemed as just savages and horrible uh, beasts across the wall because it's it's ultimately for him about 
preserving life and, and, and humanity and he's betrayed for it and he's killed but because of the magic of the show he's brought back and there's there's whole things about him just being just after season 6 no one dies like no the characters are not like, you know held responsible for their actions anymore mm. it's like it's very sort of superhero-ish and John like, survives insurmountable odds like eight times like, in the course but like, he's an interesting character until uh, yeah. uh, until season eight where uh, he just sort of goes she is my queen throughout the entire se- that's that is all he says throughout the entire yeah season yeah. um i um i understand what you mean but um this is a bit of a, a tenuous example, but it's the only one I can think of. So again, if you can hold my hand for the second time today, okay. and uh, and and we'll get through it. Um, in our house, we have a bit of a fondness for um, like sort of uh, sort of I was going to say sort of murder thriller type books. Um, somebody has been killed, and we don't know who or how or why. Uh, let's follow the adventures of this detective as he figures it out, sort of thing. Um, we quite enjoy those kind of books, and a, a sort of a, a stalwart part of these those styles of of books involves sort of opening with um the character facing some fairly minor thing in in what's to come in the events of the story yeah like um there's one of them that's really good um which i've completely forgotten the name of um if i'm, I'm editing this so if i remember i'll, I'll put it in here um <laughs> okay um but yeah she works at like um a animal shelter like a dog shelter uh where they sort of um rehabilitate sort of um uh, i was gonna say like abused dogs and sort of rehome them and stuff um and it's something very small like um somebody comes in and asks after a dog that um was theirs but then they were found to have been abusing it so the shelter took it mm-hmm. and then it's seeing how this one character deals with this particularly minor situation in terms of the events of the story is indicative of how she will behave for the rest of the book and what that means is that i'm learning about the character by seeing her do things rather than being told oh no john snow's a bastard and in this world it, like it's almost as though fucking sam looks directly into the camera and says in this world being a bastard is a bad thing it's it's, mm. it's it feels really intensely bizarre to have such important things just told to me handed to me on a plate i want to work for it a bit do you know what i mean otherwise i'm not invested in the characters i see what you mean about saying you're invested in the interesting characters for me, I want to get invested much, much earlier than seasons down the line of watching Jon Snow and um, Igrit, is that her name? Um, yeah. Run around the snowy wastes. Yeah, okay, great. They're running around the snowy wastes, but so fucking what? Like, <sighs> I, 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 I don't know. It's. <sighs> I enjoyed the chemistry between those two. Which was good. I mean, they got married in real life, so I, I presume they they do have chemistry. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I enjoyed those two. And then that, she's that's and good. Then, and then she's killed by the yeah. the young boy. Um, oh, she's an engaging character. What do we do? Kill her quick! Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, I didn't like this show. Can you tell? I don't know. I just I. I don't know. I guess we just have a fundamentally sort of different way of viewing it i've i just i think the characters are very interesting like like you're shown that he's he's treated differently just like by the way like catelyn sort of talks to him and looks at him and like um 
you know, he's he's what he does with the wildlings, you know, he risks his life for them and all that and treats them like mm. like, you know, human beings and breaks like uh massive sort of taboos for like, the greater good and all that. Like that's that's an interesting sort of story and then his character's betrayed, but we we don't really um you know, mm. the writer's just fucking bludgeoning him to death for no reason. Uh <laughs> There's, yeah, yeah. The pro the problem is is that I I think th- without the books this show would just be shit from start to finish for me. Well, I haven't read the books, so well, so, so maybe that's the that's the thing I've fallen into. Maybe yeah. Well, if you don't like the first four seasons, you probably won't like the books. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 for fuck's sake oh god no i don't imagine i would enjoy the book no um, no you probably oh won't. god um, um. <laughs> i do i do want to talk about some stuff that were just omitted from yeah, the show that are really good and just could have been really interesting um so um catelyn after she dies in the book she's resurrected um oh, okay and is a, a murderous hateful a zombie basically and cool there's a whole arc about like her being put to rest by jamie and brienne um and oh, that's okay. like that i saw another notch in like jamie's sort of arc to becoming like, a better man sort of thing which is really interesting that they just completely axed um dorn the way dorn mm-hmm. is treated in the books it's not just you know oh remind me which one dorn is again is that where they got the unsullied from no, you know the south of Westeros. Oh Jesus Christ! Maybe. Like, yeah, um, I, I'm not surprised that he just forgot them because like, they're completely overlooked <laughs> in in the mm. show. Whereas in the books, it's a complex political situation. Yeah. Where they're trying to sort of outmaneuver the Lannisters and stuff like that. So it's like, and they're actual characters with actual motivations rather than just, uh, sexy tanned people killing for no reason. Like um. Mm. <laughs> you know what this show needs? It needs a sprinkling of sexy murder. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we haven't got enough sex and murder in this show. Let's have some more sexy murder. Yeah. The way the White Walkers are portrayed mm-hmm. in the books, they're not portrayed as just zombies following one sort of uh, controller sort of person. They're mm-hmm. like an actual sort of uh, race of people that don't have like a definitive leader. Not yet, anyway. But they have their own culture, their own sort of language. They're not mm. like zombies. That's they're, cool. They're just like a different sort of form of life. Um, See, that would have been really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been invested in the White Walkers if that was the case. Well, maybe you should read the um, books then. Maybe, yeah. It's, um... Sorry, yeah, go on. Carry on with your with your list of things that were axed. Uh, I think that those are the three main things that they should have mm, mm. paid attention to. But no, mm. they just See, they fucked that off. Yeah. See, that's something that I do find particularly interesting is is negotiating sort of cultural differences um, in in like um, like I enjoyed the fact that Khaleesi was sort of I keep calling her Khaleesi. Amelia Clark was sort of out of her depth in a strange way because she was sort of yeah. not she had no idea what the Dothraki were like until she was married to one. And she was just sort of like a, 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 a what's the word a fish out of water. No idea what's going on. I kind of enjoyed yeah. seeing how she sort of dealt with that situation and how she, how she did things. Um, and then 
very quickly everybody was just involved in the power plays and political struggle and it's just like well it's just one big game of of, of um thrones the wisp the you know the whisper game where you whisper something in someone's ear and then they yeah. say it to the next person and then you get to the end and it's a different thing <laughs> um but yeah the um the thing that i think made the show particularly poor for me was that i was watching the show in tandem with listening to a podcast um which was not at all related to the show except from vaguely they're both fantasy um there's this podcasting company based in australia that i really really like called sans pants radio um and they run a podcast called D&D is for Nerds. And they do, it's like a live action D&D game. Um, and the DM is really, it's like a really skilled storyteller. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to that in tandem. So I'd, I'd watch a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones. Then I'd put my headphones on, listen to the podcast. And I would be making dinner, doing laundry, whatever it was. And I was really enjoying this, this D&D podcast, essentially. And I was thinking, well, I'm really interested in the crime families of this one specific area of this made-up world. That's a really interesting cultural difference, how there's these crime families, but also a gnomish family who are sort of uh, helping to make these advanced weaponry, but they don't really want it to get out of gnomish hands. Yeah. But other factions want that. And I was really invested. And then I would watch Game of Thrones and think, oh, well, none of these characters are interesting or developed (laughs) and yet somehow do you know what i mean it was really this bizarre contradiction for me to think this is just some bloke in australia who's telling this incredibly good story this really skillfully told interesting motivation for all these characters and then i'd watch game of thrones and think well that's a bit shit I, I, it was. I, I know that's. This is a personal Lewis Brindley thing. This is not a not a George R R Martin thing or a yeah. anybody else thing. But that I think that might be another reason, another nail in the coffin of why I didn't like Game of Thrones. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess we we fundamentally disagree. I think this is a season one and four really good. Uh, and then shite after that, but it had good fundamental bones um, for yeah, me. Yeah, I think it did have good bones. I just think that the bones weren't used or looked at, or <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. It's really weird. I think we do have a fundamental disagreement on this, and yeah. you know what? That's okay. It is because otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a favourite character? Um. Ghost. Go- oh, <laughs> Ghost, yeah, fair enough. Because he's a good boy. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I kind of enjoyed Tyrion. Yeah. Um, he was doing stuff, and that was kind of engaging. Um, he was the most engaging guy out of all of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess him. Uh, I kind of... Oh, no, I'll I tell you what I did enjoy. Um, Natalie Dormer's nan. Um, oh, what's her name? Lady Olena. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah. Um, now she killed Joffrey. Way she did. She did kill Joffrey. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, what about you? Oh, hot pie. Hot pie. Yeah. You know who the, the fuck is hot pie? You know the boy. Oh God, the the baker. Yeah, yeah. Who who goes into great detail about how to make great pies? Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah, like he shows up again in season seven. And, oh, okay. And like just explains to Arya about making a really good meat and kidney pie and I'm like you don't see him again but it's implied that he survives so yep okay so he just shows up to tell Arya about pies 
Yeah, basically. Does he, that's that's the only function he serves in the narrative. Well, like he a, also a pie based. <laughs> he also lets Arya know that um, Winterfell is is safe to go back to. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like he was he was cool. I I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was a small character, but. Yeah, yeah, but an, but a, a good a good egg. A I good suppose. egg. Um, a good I think egg. that brings us to the end of um, of the podcast about Game of Thrones. I'll... Happy Void Seventy, everybody. What? Oh, okay, we're at oh, the we end. Got a bit then. more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I just want to say a couple more things. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Um, Bron, a cell yeah. sword uh, who doesn't know what borrowing money is, is somehow appointed the master of coin. Yeah, the I didn't. End of the show. Yeah, uh, when I when I saw that, I was like, okay, all the other appointments on this council kind of make sense, but master of coin, really? Yeah. Wouldn't he make more sense as some kind of military advisor? Yeah, God knows. Tyrion isn't mentioned in A Song of Ice and Fire, the book at the end. Oh, okay. Of course, he would be fucking mentioned. He's like been hand of the king and hand of the queen. It's a, it's a callback to season two where Varys says the histories won't mention you. And it's like, yeah, that, okay, that's funny, but like, no, he obviously he would be fucking mentioned, fucking stupid. Um, mm. The time causal loop with Hodor, like, like that's yep. just dropped, like that just fucking it's like comes out of nowhere and is never picked up on upon again. They just set the- shit up and don't follow through on it. The White Walkers from season one, this big fucking existential threat that's going to kill everyone. Yeah, Arya jumps out from the shadows and lunges. And <laughs> stabs a guy. Yeah. Yep. You know, he can survive dragon fire, but he can't survive Valyrian steel, which is forged by dragon fire. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, Euron Greyjoy uh, in the books is a... Uh, scary fucking tyrannical wizard that wants mm. eldritch power and will commit immense atrocities to get that mm-hmm. uh and in the show he's a cocky pirate boy who um goes about and just says i want to fuck the queen and that's it that's the this entire this, this entire arc right there amazing well done uh what else? Anything else? Slaver's Bay. Yep. Just fucking left with 2,000 cell swords to guard it and Dario Naharas. Um, he's just supposed to... D- never mentioned again. Just dropped. Uh, yeah. Just loads of shit. Loads of small shit like that. Just interesting stuff. Put in and then dropped. Fucking waste of time. Disappointment. Yeah. it's uh, There were a lot of weird plot points that were either abandoned, dropped... Picked up out of nowhere, lots of different things. That lady in in Carth with the face mask thing that yeah, was made Quaith. out of little yeah, that was that was abandoned. Or yeah. maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Um, she's huge. She's a huge plot point in the books. Mm. And then it would have been nice for her to be a huge plot point here as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, be good if they followed through and stuff that they actually introduced. But <laughs> you're asking too much there, aren't you? You fucking idiot. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, how right, dare you? How dare you want us to follow through and stuff that we introduced? Fuck's no. sake. Uh, um, have you got a closing statement, Chuck? Yes, I do. Um, a severely disappointing television show with strong foundations that, for some reason, decided to kick its own head in. Uh, essentially, ran out of books to adapt, so concluded the big bad the same way the Phantom Menace 
and betrayed every other good character arc for stupid plots and ex machinas. Heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking is is the word indeed. Um, I I did not enjoy this show. I if you can't tell that by the end of this podcast, I am extremely surprised. Um, <laughs> I think there is is better fantasy out there. I think maybe I'm maybe my opinion is 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 coloured by particularly disliking this one show. Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy this show. Let's leave it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, right, is it time for some horrifically capitalist chilling? Yes. Um. The podcast has link trees, uh, and so do I and Lewis. Uh, Lewis is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine is slash O'Hiram, and the podcast is slash uh, Shouting Into The Void. No spaces, no caps, just uh, all together. Fucking um, nice one. You, nah, you are getting better at that with every single one we do. I certainly am. I'm uh, deeply impressed. We also have a PayPal uh, donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all would be greatly appreciated uh so please uh yeah give us money um <laughs> we also have a patreon and we take the opportunity every week to thank our wonderful wonderful patrons uh chloe thank you darius thank you sophie thank you peter thank you aditya thank you richard thank you natalie thank you and doogie Thank you, one and all. You help keep the lights on at Void Towers, and you help to subject me to Game of Thrones. Yes. So thanks for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble, so give us a look. We sell tote bags, mugs, jumpers, all sorts of stuff, so go have a look if, if you mm. want to. Go take a cheeky yander. Yes. Um, and last but not least, uh, we are supported and partnered by a wonderful company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Uh, Yes, indeed I am. Uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which she crochets and does a lot of everything to do with crochet, essentially. Um, If you would like to keep up to date with the cool things that she's doing, you can check her out at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram, and you will find a whole host of fascinating, interesting, and delightful things there to, to... enhance your senses and make you go oh that's interesting um so go and check that out at number 12 crochet avenue on instagram yeah well um yeah that was that was game of thrones and um, this is the 70th episode it is of show 70 of these oh my god i know isn't it incredible yeah well let's um i'll spin the wheel for for next week's one then indeed i will hastily get a random number generator yeah um okay woo oh well Danny um that's a very interesting noise that you just made yeah because it means done a a hairspray (laughs) from from Game of Thrones one end of the scale to hairspray the complete other uh you now get to watch Christopher Walken uh run around with his spectacular voice um right here is why i want to talk about hairspray on the podcast i genuinely cannot decide whether it's a good film or a bad film or anywhere in between i will be very interested to hear your thoughts yep well i can't wait to watch it and and give you my thoughts um it's crazy Uh, it's crazy (laughs) do it now or forever wish your hair 
Good old Christopher Walken. Love him. I, I wish I would know that quote, but I need to. It's from Hairspray, so there yeah, you that's, go. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, I yeah. better watch it and I'll, I'll see My it. My heartbeat's only for size 60. There you go, that's another one. Oh, oh keep hitting me with them. Uh, okay. Um, what uh, else does he say? Next week. Oh, we got the we got next, the we got the Tracy whoopee cushions. We got the Tracy posters. D- uh, yeah. D- I said next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So um, that was Void Seventy, folks. Uh, it was. Thank you so much for listening to our yeah. bullshit rambles. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're back, and we'll be doing some more exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we shall hear you, see you, smell you, um, completely ruin a show. Uh, ruin? Next week. Um, we, we will be a terrible show from start to finish next week. Fuck you. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, more serious notes, uh, thank you very much for listening and supporting us for all this time. If you're new or old, uh, thank you very, very much. It means the world. Yes. Um, yes. So thank you very much for listening, now and always. Um, yes, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.